0: Section 19 of Calculus Made Easy This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Calculus Made Easy by Sylvanus P. Thompson Chapter 11 Maxima and Minima, Part 1 One of the principal uses of the process of differentiating is to find out under what conditions the value of the thing differentiated becomes a maximum or a minimum. This is often exceedingly important in engineering questions, where it is most desirable to know what conditions will make the cost of working a minimum or make the efficiency a maximum. Now, to begin with a concrete case. Let us take the equation y equals x squared minus 4x plus 7. By assigning a number of successive values to x and finding the corresponding values of y, we can readily see that the equation represents a curve with a minimum. When x equals 0, y equals 7. When x equals 1, y equals 4. When x equals 2, y equals 3, when x equals 3, y equals 4, when x equals 4, y equals 7, when x equals 5, y equals 12. These values are plotted in Figure 26, which shows that y has apparently a minimum value of 3 when x is made equal to 2. But are you sure that the minimum occurs at 2, and not in 2 and a quarter, or 1 and 3 quarters. Note, figure 26 shows a graph with the curve y equals x squared minus 4x plus 7, plotted with dotted lines indicating the earlier mentioned points. Of course, it would be possible with any algebraic expression to work out a lot of values and in this way, arrive gradually at the particular value that may be a maximum or a minimum. Here is another example. Let y equals 3x minus x squared. Calculate a few values thus. When x equals minus 1, y equals minus 4. When x equals 0, y equals 0. When x equals 1, y equals 2 when x equals 2, y equals 2, when x equals 3, y equals 0, when x equals 4, y equals minus 4, when x equals 5, y equals minus 10. Plot these values as in figure 27. Note, figure 27 shows the curve y equals 3x minus x squared, with dotted lines indicating previously mentioned points. The maximum value is somewhere between 1 and 2 on the x-axis. It will be evident that there will be a maximum somewhere between x equals 1 and x equals 2, and the thing looks as if the maximum value of y ought to be about 2 and a quarter. Try some intermediate values. If x equals one and a quarter, y equals two point one eight seven. If x equals one and a half, y equals two point two five. If x equals one point six, y equals two point two four. How can we be sure that two point two five is the real maximum or that it occurs exactly when x equals one and a half? Now, it may sound like juggling to be assured that there is a way by which one can arrive straight at a maximum or minimum value without making a lot of preliminary trials or guesses. And that way depends on differentiating. Look back to an earlier page, 78, for the remarks about figures 14 and 15, and you will see that whenever a curve gets either to its maximum or to its minimum height, at that point, it's dy over dx equals 0. Now, this gives us the clue to the dodge that is wanted. When there is put before you an equation, and you want to find that value of x which will make its y a minimum or a maximum, first differentiate it, and having done so, write its dy over dx as equal to 0, and then solve for x. Put this particular value of x into the original equation, and you will then get the required value of y. This process is commonly called equating to zero. To see how simply it works, take the example with which this chapter opens, namely y equals x squared minus 4x plus 7. Differentiating, we get dy over dx equals 2x minus 4. Now equate this to zero, thus 2x minus 4 equals zero. Solving this equation for x, we get 2x equals 4, x equals 2. Now we know that the maximum or minimum will occur exactly when x equals 2. Putting the value x equals 2 into the original equation we get y equals 2 squared minus 4 times 2 plus 7 equals 4 minus 8 plus 7 equals 3. Now look back at figure 26 and you will see that the minimum occurs when x equals 2 and that this minimum of y equals 3. Try the second example, figure 27, which is y equals 3x minus x squared. Differentiating, dy over dx equals 3 minus 2x, equating to 0. 3 minus 2x equals 0, hence x equals 1 and a half. And putting this value of x into the original equation, we find y equals 4 and a half minus one and a half times one and a half, y equals two and a quarter. This gives us exactly the information as to which the method of trying a lot of values left us uncertain. Now, before we go on to any further cases, we have two remarks to make. When you are told to equate dy over dx to zero, you feel at first, that is, if you have any wits of your own, a kind of resentment because you know that dy over dx has all sorts of different values at different parts of the curve according to whether it is sloping up or down. So when you are suddenly told to write dy over dx equals zero, you resent it, and feel inclined to say that it can't be true. Now you'll have to understand the essential difference between an equation and an equation of condition. Ordinarily, you are dealing with equations that are true in themselves, but on occasions, of which the present are examples, you have to write down equations that are not necessarily true, but are only true if certain conditions are to be fulfilled, and you write them down in order, by solving them, to find the conditions which make them true. Now we want to find the particular value that x has when the curve is neither sloping up nor sloping down, that is, at the particular place where dy over dx equals zero. So, Writing dy over dx equals zero does not mean that it is always equal zero, but you write it down as a condition in order to see how much x will come out if dy over dx is to be zero. The second remark is one which, if you have any wits of your own, you will probably have already made, namely but this much-belauded process of equating to zero entirely fails to tell you whether the x that you thereby find is going to give you a maximum value of y, or a minimum value of y. Quite so. It does not of itself discriminate. It finds for you the right value of x, but leaves you to find out for yourselves whether the corresponding y is a maximum or a minimum. Of course, if you have plotted the curve, you know already which it will be. For instance, take the equation y equals 4x plus 1 over x. Without stopping to think what curve it corresponds to, differentiate it and equate to 0. dy over dx equals 4 minus x to the power of minus 2 equals 4 minus 1 over x squared equals 0. Whence, x equals a half. And inserting this value, y equals 4, will be either a maximum or else a minimum. But which you will hereafter be told away, depending upon a second differentiation, but at present it is enough if you will simply try any other value of x differing a little from the one found and see whether with this altered value the corresponding value of y is less or greater than that already found. Try another simple problem in maxima and minima. suppose you were asked to divide any number into two parts such that the product was a maximum. How would you set about it if you did not know the trick of equating to zero? I suppose you could worry it out by the rule of try, try, try again. Let sixty to be the number. You can try cutting it into two parts and multiplying them together. Thus fifty times ten is five hundred. Fifty-two times eight is four hundred and sixteen. Forty times twenty is eight hundred. 45 times 15 is 675, 30 times 30 is 900. This looks like a maximum. Try varying it. 31 times 29 is 899, which is not so good. And 32 times 28 is 896, which is worse. So it seems that the biggest product will be got by dividing into two equal halves. Now see what the calculus tells you. Let the number to be cut into two parts be called n. Then if x is one part, the other will be n minus x, and the product will be x, open brackets, n minus x, close brackets, or nx minus x squared. So we write y equals nx minus x squared. Now differentiate and equal to zero. dy over dx equals n minus 2x equals zero. Solving for x, we get n over 2 equals x. So now we know that whatever number n may be, we must divide it into two equal parts if the product of the parts is to be a maximum, and the value of that maximum product will always be equal 1 quarter n squared. This is a very useful rule and applies to any number of factors, so that if m plus n plus p equals a constant number, n times n times p is a maximum when n equals n equals p. Test case. Let us at once apply our knowledge to a case that we can test. Let y equal x squared minus x, and let us find whether this function has a maximum or minimum, and if so, test whether it is a maximum or a minimum. Differentiating, we get dy over dx equals 2x minus 1. Equating to 0, we get 2x minus 1 equals 0, whence 2x equals 1, or x equals 1 half. That is to say, when x is made equal 1 half, the corresponding value of y will either be a maximum or a minimum. Accordingly, putting x equals 1 half in the original equation, we get y equals one half squared minus one half or y equals minus a quarter. Is this a maximum or a minimum? To test it, try putting x a little bigger than half, say make x equal naught point six then. Y equals naught point six squared minus naught point six equals naught point three six minus naught point six equals minus naught point two four which is higher up than minus 0.25, showing that y equals 0.25 is a minimum. Plot the curve for yourself and verify the calculation. End of section 19